the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik. I'm a co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit to nonprofits in the United States. Our line of credit program is easy, inexpensive, and costs nothing until you use, making it a great cash backup plan for your nonprofit. If you'd like to learn more about the program, please visit us at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And if you decide to apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file. Or feel free to give us a call at 862-207-4118. Just remember the time to set up your line of credit is now, not when the emergency actually comes up. Today, I am excited to be speaking with Rob Chevelle from Delete Me. Rob is a co-founder and CEO of Delete Me, the online privacy company. Rob has been quoted as a privacy expert in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Telegraph, NPR, ABC, NBC, and Fox News. Rob, welcome to today's Nonprofit MBA podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, before you and I kind of got on uh, on air, uh, we uh, I was we were kind of playing with today's topic. I just I wanted to make it shorter, but uh, you know, for our listeners today, the topic really was you know nonprofits and cyber attacks. Why you're very very vulnerable to uh, to uh, to this type of uh, issue that's going on in the United States. And, you know, Rob, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about why nonprofits are more vulnerable than, let's say, businesses. Sure. Well, I think there's there's at least uh, three reasons. Uh, And, Steve, you know, Stephen, that um, if you're a consultant, there's always at least three reasons for everything. Uh, So three three reasons uh, that that we see in our business uh, a tremendous. uh, overrepresentation of nonprofits, uh, uh, which I can talk about later. Uh, the three reasons would be one: they they they're typically operating in uh, areas that uh, are are co- somewhat controversial, and by that I mean we have there's a there's a big constellation of nonprofits, obviously. But in a lot of areas that they delve into, ultimately there's controversy. There's either politics uh, behind it, whether it's an edu- whether it's something that seems innocuous, like uh, just an education centric nonprofit. People have strong feelings about whether you know public and private funds should be used for things, you know that sort of thing. So even in air, and, and then of course you get into more controversial areas, politics. Uh, you know, health, uh, fem- feminine rights and health, health, uh, related, uh, issues, all these kinds of things, which are, which are really, uh, uh, lightning rods for, for controversy. So controversy is, is one reason why, um, cyber attack risk can, um, can be increased, uh, and, 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 and certain kinds of cyber attacks, which is what, what, what we at Delete Me see a lot, um, uh, even more so. And we can, we can talk about that later. Uh, the second, uh, the second thing would be 
a lot of uh, nonprofits uh, are serving the public in, in various capacities. And because of that, uh, there's a necessity to expose information to the public, uh, contact information, details, uh, to get on uh, and, and, and have uh, uh, information given out to a wide variety of people. And those people, uh, you know, citizens, uh, you know, in effect, customers of the nonprofits are not always uh, careful with that information that they get from the nonprofit. And so that can be a vector of attack and exposure that other businesses, uh, you know, they're sort of up in their ivory tower, far away from the public, so to speak, uh, don't necessarily have. And then the third, uh, the third thing that I'd call out, which I think, um, your, your, your business and your customers are very familiar with is tight budgets. Uh, you know, uh, mo- most uh, nonprofits don't have the luxury of, you know, 500, um, you know, security, uh, super smart security engineers at, at Google and Facebook, uh, which is, I think is just one, one of their security departments. So uh, budgets being tight, uh, you know, lines of credit and, and, and otherwise, um, necessitates uh, trade-offs between how you're going to protect the data that you have and your employees uh, versus, uh, you know, just getting business done. And, and so I think another, uh, you know, another reason why there's um, potential uh, that we see more risk uh, in this, in this nonprofit group uh, of, of cyber attacks and exposed information is simply that, uh, you know, there's not as much budget as some other industries have to secure uh, uh, all of the things, uh, the threats that need securing these days. And those threats are, are moving very quickly and they're very dynamic. Very, uh, very good explanation as to why that's, that's, I hadn't really thought of those three things. Um, and they all make complete sense. Uh, you know, I, I want to jump into something, uh, uh, you know, a little quickly on this. And that is, give me a case scenario, the worst case scenario that you've seen with a nonprofit that uh, had an issue um, with a cybersecurity issue? Well, you know, I'll tell you something that, you know, keeps us up at night and that we see, we see quite a bit. And it's, it's connected to both our Delete Me business and to uh, something that's been in the news quite a bit over the, you know, obviously the pandemic's <laughs> dominated the news, but underneath that, there's been a steady drumbeat around um, ransomware attacks. And what we've seen uh, is that personal information is often used in, in um, phishing attacks. And phishing attacks are ones where this, the, the hacker uh, uses personal information to either impersonate somebody working at the company and fake you into giving information that they can then use to get at the network and to get into your computers or simply just to guess your passwords. Um, because they're often based on a relative's name, your mother's maiden name, your date of birth, or some combination that a computer can quickly, uh, that a hacker can quickly program an algorithm to go through and guess. And so, uh, you know, I think a, a very, uh, very bad scenario uh, for any nonprofit uh, worrying about things. And, you know, we all worry about things and we have to put our worries in some kind of priority order is the threat of a ransomware attack where uh, because some employee somewhere in some system is using um, 
uh, can be impersonated or has information related to their passwords and their account, their key accounts uh, exposed and easily guessable, um, the hack can get in and effectively encrypt uh, every business system, especially if you're running a Windows-based system, encrypt the entire thing, uh, and you wake up, you know, Sunday evening with a request for, uh, you know, a uh, million dollars in Bitcoin uh, to this address. Uh, and, and, and you go in and, and literally all your computers, your databases, your customer records, all of those things are frozen to you. So I think that is a, a real risk. Uh, it's accelerated uh, these days because hackers have figured out that uh, people are willing to pay these demands to just to get their business back uh, up and running. Um, and so that is something I worry about. And it's directly connected to how much information nonprofits uh, are, uh, are, are in some ways forced to expose to, uh, in, you know, in their daily course of business. And if that information, even in one instance, uh, is connected to a, a, a system that can be used for a, a hack and a breach, like a ransomware. Yeah, you know, I mean, you don't think... I mean, we're seeing it more and more in the news, right? We, we have been for a while. Uh, you know, you sometimes don't act on this stuff until, you know, something happens with you. Or I think sometimes you, you read about a story or something happens to a friend and you kind of look back at your cybersecurity policy, right? And again, most of our listeners are smaller nonprofits. So they, you know, they may not have, they don't have an IT guy. They probably have a consultant, um, you know, I'll just share with everybody several years ago in, a, in another company I owned, uh, we had gotten ransomware. Um, and, uh, you know, what they did was they locked down our, uh, it, I think it was Google Files. I think they had locked it down and they, 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 they said that they wanted uh, money. It was $26,000 they said they wanted. But we had actually backed up. I think it was Google uh, Drive that they had uh, locked uh, locked up on us, which is uh, you know surprising. Uh, but uh, but they uh, they locked it up. I think it, uh, I hate to say Google Drive. It wasn't true, but it was something like that. And um, and but luckily we had backed up our data elsewhere, and so we we didn't have to pay the ransomware, and we had our data. And so now, even now, with our company, we're very particular with our cybersecurity and, and uh, you know, uh, we don't want to get into that scenario. So, uh, so you know, it does happen and it happens to uh, more often. And when once it happens, you kind of kick yourself saying, you know, why wasn't I be why wasn't I a little bit more careful? So, I mean, I would think if, if, if you would agree with me, uh, Rob, that probably somebody should just have a conversation with a cybersecurity expert like like you and say, okay, what should we be doing? Where are we vulnerable? And just have an, an hour conversation. And you know, these, these are small organizations. And you know, you probably can kind of tell them what they should be doing. Is that accurate? You know, I think that's right. Um, and you know, we ought to probably have a webinar uh, for this whole group uh, and, and, and sort of help for free, give, get, answer some questions and give some advice. And maybe that's something that we can consider, but you know, look, my other, my other message to, you know, smaller nonprofits is 
this ain't rocket science. You know, there's a lot of people in the security industry that make money by shilling complexity, for lack of a better word. And at the end of the day, you know, the example that I gave and the example that, that you lived through in the real world is, 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 is a good one because you need to have some backups of your data. And, you know, if nobody around, if you are in, and, you know, if you're responsible for that and you don't know the answer, you should. And if somebody else is, they should be able to tell you the answer. But hey, but like I said, it's not rocket science. You don't have to pay tons of money for that to happen. And there's services that can continually do it for you, uh, you know, for the for the price of, you know, a you know, fancy Starbucks latte. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're very basic best practices uh, that you can follow that that, that 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 definitely reduce your risk. And, and, and that's the kind of thing that I'd advocate. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to think, uh, oh, I need an army of security experts and consultants in here that are going to cost me a lot of money uh, in order to do the basic things correctly, which which will pr- protect you, you know, in the majority of cases. Uh, you know, obviously, if, you know, the North Korean government and the Chinese government want to hack into your systems, well, you know, you know, they might be able to do that <laughs> no matter what you do. Mm. So, so tell me the three most uh, important areas that an executive director at a nonprofit uh, should be, you know, very, very aware of to have a, you know, to kind of have an audit, so to speak, in cybersecurity or should have a plan? Yeah, well, um, I think I, I put the one we already covered up there, which is who's, Back, who's, taking, backups. who's taking backups of, of, of your core databases and your yep. core business operating systems. And, um, you know, another, another thing I'd look at is your hosting provider for your data. Um, like it or not, uh, the big tech guys, uh, both Google Cloud, Amazon, and Microsoft Azure, uh, are the ones that I'd strongly recommend uh, people go with because you're getting for the you know the additional you know fifty bucks a month that you might have to pay uh, versus a small local um, uh, server provider, uh, you're getting uh, a whole lot of security expertise. Um, uh, for, for, for not much money because, because of these companies, uh, uh, you know, have, have tens of thousands, if not millions of customers. So, uh, I would recommend hosting, uh, your networks on the brand name, uh, uh, guys out there from, from a cloud perspective. And then lastly, uh, and this won't be news to anybody, two factor authentication for every critical system, every employee. Period. No excuses. No gaps when a new person joins and they get access to the email system. Oh, you know, it took us weeks to remember to make sure that they have their phone as a setup. Uh, you know, as a, a you know to, to make sure that you know they they need to enter that code to get onto the email system to get onto any corporate system. They need to have uh, two factor authentication. So those would be the three things that I'd highlight. You know, the, the, the other area, which I think, you know, we're, we're as a company, you know, we're, we're lax in, and I think a lot of us are in is, you know, we're all using cloud computing based software, right? So someone else is storing the data, let's say with your CRM system, it could be your payment systems, you know, it could be a, a, 
a variety of different systems, uh, SaaS, it's called software as a service model, right? And, you know, we expect them to have a good cybersecurity plan in place and that they back up our data. And, you know, even if I said to one of my CRM providers, hey, you know, how are you protecting my data? You know, and they're going to give me an explanation, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, I really don't know. So I, I don't, you know, I don't think there's much you can do about it, I guess. What do you, I mean, what do you think? Cost of doing business, my friend. And I don't think it's something that, um, especially uh, nonprofits, uh, you know, can um, afford to worry about. Uh, in it is, it is just, and, and, and look, I've been in the privacy, data privacy business for 10 years. If there's one thing I can assure you, everybody says they respect your privacy and your data, and very, very few people do. And it's impossible to protect, uh, you know, 100% of the time, which is why you know, data breaches are happening while we're doing this podcast, a guarantee. So, uh, you know, it's a cost of doing business. It's something we're going to have to live with. And unfortunately, I think we're coming to the conclusion as a society that COVID-19 is similar. You know, there are certain things that we're going to have to live with and we're going to have to get them uh, under control. And, you know, the, the, the data that we uh, share with the cloud and with third parties is just one of those things. What, uh, when you're brought in after the fact, um, let's say there's been a cybersecurity lockdown of someone's data. What percentage of the time are you or any cybersecurity expert effective at getting that that back? Well, number one, we're not the ransomware guys that are going to decrypt your your disk. Uh, we're we're brought in uh, alongside uh, those. Uh, uh, security task forces and incident response services often, uh, and, and I can explain why. But surprisingly, a high percentage of times, those 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 companies can be effective in, in getting your data back on your network, um, either through uh, a technical approach uh, to, to decryption or through negotiation. And I think what we've seen is, um, you know, upwards of half the uh, cases where people are brought in can be uh, mitigated or solved in in, in um, some shape or form, uh, and and you know many most companies have some kind of backup. Uh, it may not be the backup that the business would like to run on. Um, so there is recourse, and there is uh, you know a, a large degree of success here, especially as people get more attuned to the problem. Um, so I think that's the good news uh, when it comes to this particular form of uh, cyber attack. Uh, what we're brought in to do uh, alongside these guys is sort of mitigate the threat on an ongoing basis, typically, uh, in one particular area, which is exposed uh, personal information. So to the extent that uh, it is found in these incidents that personal information uh, is used by the hackers to um, to, to make the to uh, exploit the vulnerability and hack the network. Uh, what our delete me service does, it goes out and finds all of, you know, a nonprofit's employees, personal information that is exposed to data brokers. And it removes 
that information and gives you a report showing you where that information was found, what information was found, and it goes and, and removes that all year long. And so it's one uh, important, uh, you know, obviously we're biased, but we think important way to mitigate that particular uh, vulnerability uh, over time. And, and it, you know, it, it happens to have another uh, benefit for nonprofits, which is because of the, you know, the first point that we talked about, they're often in controversial public facing areas. If any of those employees have faced harassment or doxing uh, or, or any kind of retaliatory online trolling uh, by, uh, because of the fact that they're in, they're practicing their business every day. Uh, our delete me service has the nice benefit of also, uh, mitigating those kinds of, uh, issues, which can, can be real, uh, for, for nonprofits and, and can affect, uh, employee morale and productivity. Yeah. You know, I think, I think all of us, executive directors, owners of company, I mean, we all want to run a really good company. Right. We all we all want to be really good at what we do and and, you know, not to be prepared for cybersecurity threats is, isn't exactly running a great organization. I, you know, um, you know, so I so let me ask you a question. If an executive director of a nonprofit said, you know, listen to the podcast, I just kind of feel like I need I just want a little help. Right. You know, they're small. It's a million dollars in revenue a year, right? You know, relatively small. Um, how, you know, how much time do you think it would take if they called you and and they said, you know, listen, listen I listen to podcasts. You know, can you just tell us what you think we should be doing? Um. Well, you know, I think again. I think the way we'd want to address that uh, is, hey, first of all, we're an open book. So we, you know, we've been in the data privacy and data protection business for you know a decade and uh, you know hopefully have one of the strongest uh, brand names out there as, as, as somebody focused on, on this particular uh, problem. So we're, you know, we're an open book. You can contact us uh, and myself uh, you know, personally at any time. Uh, you know, our email address, our phone number, our customer support people are great. Um, and my, my email is rob at avon.com. Um, so, uh, so, you know, we're happy to give advice. We have lots of material and, and information that we can also supply that, um, has been asked for before. And, and, you know, if there's enough, and, and, and like I said, we have a real, significant number of nonprofits that are, uh, that are deleting customers. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to, to help, uh, individually or, or to do a webinar once we collect the questions that, that people have. Yeah. I, so let me, let, let, maybe I wasn't clear. So I was asking for a real life scenario. I mean, would it take an hour conversation, uh, so that, so you understand the, the, the nonprofit a little bit better, the vulnerabilities they have, you know, an hour conversation and then, you know, I don't know, an hour follow up and saying you should. Be oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, not not really. Uh, actually, Stephen, not not really f to engage us in our service uh, really doesn't take any uh, time or conversation. Um, in fact, uh, you can 
you can sign up for the, the Delivery service and have it running uh, in about seven minutes uh, online. And the base cost for an annual subscription for a single, uh, say, an executive director is is only one hundred twenty nine dollars uh, for the whole year. So, uh, you know, engaging the delivery service to mitigate this particular risk of cyber attacks that is overrepresented in nonprofits for all the reasons we've covered today uh, really doesn't require any consulting, any time suck, uh, or anything else. And uh, you know, th- that's the easy part. Uh, you know, I was responding to a scenario where an incident's already happened. Already happened. You know, people yeah, have a yeah. lot of questions and you yeah. have to go through that kind of stuff. So, so does delete me, does that, uh, does that, you know, do you run through a series of questions and, and then it tells you, okay, you know, if the, uh, where are you backing up your files? Um, I'm backing it up on Google drive. Okay. Uh, uh, or no, where are you storing your files? I'm storing it on Google drive. Okay. Do you have a backup service? And then if you say, yes, Google Drive, you're like, uh, no, you should have a different company doing your backup service. You know, I mean, is does the Delete Me software go through that scenario? No, it doesn't really do a, a risk assessment specific to nonprofits total IT footprint at all. Uh, it asks it asks some simple questions, uh, web form uh, about the company size of business runs a quick risk scan on, on uh, the email address and the personal information supplied by the executive director, for example. And then, uh, and then it goes to work finding the uh, exposed information out there and removing it. So it is, it is more narrowly focused than sort of an IT audit. Okay. And, and so you, so would the executive director, uh, then suggest that the rest of their people do that too? Um, great question. Uh, the nonprofits we're, we're engaged with, and, and like I said, uh, there's just a ton of them. Uh, surprising, uh, surprising uh, that th- they're the number one industry that we're servicing today. Uh, technology would be the second uh, biggest vertical, and then healthcare. Uh, about half of them are uh, covering uh the majority, if not all of their employees, and it depends on the size. Uh, and uh, the rest are covering just a high risk group like the uh, public, the, the, the public facing, mo- most public facing employees and, and the, uh, the executives. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so for that $129, does that include more than one person? Uh, nope. That's a, that's $129 per person uh, per, year. per year. And, yeah. the, the, you know, there are discounts for, uh, you know, when we, when we enroll an organization with, you know, multiple members and, and there's discounts for spouses and family members and that kind of thing. So it gets cheaper uh, uh, as you add uh, more um, because it, it allows our privacy advisors that are going out there and looking at your risks and looking at how much information cyber stalkers and attackers can find out there about you. It allows us to do, allows our people, our experts to do it more efficiently. And that's why we can pass on those costs, you know, in terms of savings. Does it, uh, does it just like the name sounds, uh, does it actually delete that information that's out there or does it just kind of notify you, Hey, this is where it is. Well, um, I hate services that don't, do what they say. 
yeah. uh, as an entrepreneur. So it actually does remove uh, this information. Now, remove can mean different things. Uh, sometimes it means uh, that your information will no longer appear in search results or when somebody queries for your personal information, such as a cyber attacker or uh, somebody that's you know angry because you're in a controversial uh, area as a nonprofit, they just won't find your information anymore. Uh, so there's obfuscation and there's deletion, and it's highly dependent on the source of the information, what they do, and what your legal rights are. For example, Californians uh, have a Privacy Rights uh, Act called the CCPA, where they have more rights than citizens in, say, uh, New York. Uh, to uh, to make sure their information is truly removed from some of these data broker databases. Um, just you know, maybe my this is my last question, and and so could you give me an example of where it's very common to find uh, private information about somebody that you know you guys kind of know and with to laymen like me would be would be like a surprise sure um so you don't have to go very far from google uh to do this so if any of uh if you or any of your listeners wants to you may not be a great example Stephen, because you have a podcast and you're you know a media savvy figure uh but if you google your name and address uh what you will typically find, and this is true for almost any citizen in the country, particularly uh, people that, you know, have uh, real careers, uh, so, such as, you know, your average executive director, uh, you will find uh, littered in, in those Google results, um, results for data brokers selling your information. And these are companies like Spokio, whitepages.com. Uh, Radaris, Intellius, Background Checker, Reverse Number Lookup. There's a million of these uh, of these data brokers because the U.S. has had no regulation of these guys since the internet began. Uh, whereas, you know, 40 years ago, the credit bureaus that we're all familiar with, who also lose our data, by the way, um, you know, were regulated by Congress under the FCRA. So all these guys have ballooned into giant data sucking machines that are aggregating incredible amounts of data about us and that will sell it to these cyber attackers or uh, simply people that are angry with a nonprofit for any reason. And they can get uh, very, very detailed information from the profiles out there about us uh, that includes things like the photo of our home and the street where we live, the net worth estimate of us, the ages and names of our children, uh, the vehicle identification number of the vehicle we drive, uh, political affiliation, sexual, uh, you know, preference, uh, all kinds of, uh, court records, uh, all kinds of stuff are aggregated by these data brokers and made available for as little as like 99 cents if you want to buy the detailed profile. So that's really the problem. Um, and the problem is that these, these, this data can be used for super effective impersonation attacks on anybody in the company. And people get very, very skittish when the executive director sends an urgent email with what is apparently personal information that only they would know about, you know, an employee or a contractor or something, and they need something sent to them immediately and the password or, or whatever. And unfortunately, that's a very, very significant vector of cyber attacks. 
so that if I use delete me, um, I, I hate to use the word percentage, uh, but you just, you're going to make it harder. I would, is that fair to say? It's fair. And you yeah. know, it's fair. Nothing's perfect. And, and, you know, we get a lot of customers saying, Hey, well, will you delete all my information off the internet? Will you delete information that I want that's on there off? Uh, you know, I'm scared about that. And, and, and the answer is nothing's perfect. You can't get deleted from the internet. We will never delete information that you want up there on the web about you. And our estimates working actively with other nonprofit customers is we, is our service reduces the threats of these kinds of uh, phishing cyber attacks and harassment and doxing by at least 40% per year. Gotcha. So it's not perfect, gotcha. you know, and, yeah. and my message whenever anybody asks me is nothing is, you know, if anybody's out there telling you they have perfect security and sign up for their consulting program, beware, because, uh, you know, I don't think they're representing uh, things truthful. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, it was a good podcast. Uh, it wasn't as dry as I thought it was going to be. So <laughs> very interesting. I mean, it brought up a good scenario by not, not only deleting personal information, which I know what Delete Me does, but also having a cybersecurity plan as well, which I think makes complete sense and probably not that difficult either, really. Um, so I'd like to thank so very much Rob Chevelle from Delete Me for coming on to today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. The Nonprofit MBA podcast is, is very popular. It, you know, we get thousands of downloads and, you know, I've said this before, I'll say it again. If an executive director or a board member just listens to these experts like Rob, boy, you're going to be a much better informed uh, executive for your nonprofit. And, and I think that's great. I'm proud of what we're doing and the work that Rob uh, does as well. So um, if you like today's podcast, please give us a review on your podcasting app to get the word out about our uh, podcast. And if you're, of course, looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. I can't tell you how many times I have clients who, you know, get a line, get their line of credit because they didn't think they needed it, but they thought it was a good idea. And then they tell me, I am so happy I got that line of credit. Um, it's just a smart thing. It doesn't cost anything and uh, it's inexpensive when you need it. Uh, Rob, again, if people want to reach out to you, how, how would they go about doing that? Uh, join deleteme.com. Uh, you can get in touch with, uh, with us there or uh, my email is rob at abon.com. That's A-B-I-N-E.com. And thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great. We did a great job. And for all the rest of you out there, I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing. Uh, we all need to do our part uh, in making the world a better place. And you all are doing more than your share of making this world a better place. Thanks for what you do. For what you do. Go out, smell the roses, have a good day. Everybody take care. <laughs>